Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Hey, if you go back in history of my shows over the past few months, one of the shows that sticks out is a, a couple of them, and but it's with the same person. It's with my friend, Laurie Jackson, who is a missionary in western Ukraine. Uh, she's actually been in, in Ukraine since 2005, and how I know her is um, my, I have my, my cousin in Alabama, my first cousin in Alabama, her, her daughter, Michelle Tice, has, has uh, adopted two young men from Ukraine. And Laurie was involved in uh, one of those adoptions, uh, and and he came from eastern Ukraine, the eastern Ukraine that is where all this war is taking place in in large measure today. But that war has actually been going on for quite a while. So you know, U- Ukraine is no no stranger to war. But I was introduced to Laurie by Michelle. And since then, Laurie and I have stayed in touch about what it's like to live in Ukraine these days and what, what, how are they surviving. And now, as an independent missionary, Laurie is involved in all kinds of work, from helping frontline fighters to helping families to you name it. I mean, it, see, the beauty of a missionary, someone like, like Laurie, who's so dedicated – is that you find what your role is going to be based on the current situation. And the current situation in Ukraine is needy in so many different ways. And they formed this like, like this hodgepodge of people that have come together and they're getting assistance in so many different ways, both inside the country and outside the country, and they're making a difference. And now today we have her on the show for like once again from Ukraine. And unfortunately, as kamikaze drones are flying around around the country, which has to be making things unbelievably unsettling. But without any further ado, let me welcome my dear friend, Laurie Jackson, back into the conversation. Hey, Laurie. Hey, thank you for having me again. And as you were talking about Michelle, I realized that since we talked last, um, she actually has a new young Ukrainian woman um, staying with her as well that we had the honor of hosting here at our hotel where we have um, internally displaced people and um, and people like Yulia who are trying to um, to leave the country and find a place that's safer I, for them. To I be. know that she is. And, you know, Michelle and her husband, and her family, the way they have opened their doors over all these years, and now to have have this this young woman who, you know, really needed to get out of the country, and to have her, and to see, you know, the posting of the, the family photos, and the way that Michelle, which in her way, she, you know, she, she was raised to just have a wonderful family, whether they're her birthright or not. It's incredible what she's done, isn't it? It's beautiful, and I'm so thankful for her and for Yulia, and just that they're together and that Yulia's safe um, and with a family that loves her is more than, I don't know, it makes everything we're doing worth it, just that, like, one story. So let's assume that no one has heard us talk before. Mm -hmm. Remind people about how this, I call it a hodgepodge because it really is the way you kind of found each other and and you've 
some have come and gone and some are still with you from the very beginning and you're doing all this incredible work. Some of it has to be about getting, you know, basic, you know, items to people who need it. In some cases, it's, it's helping people on the front line. Um, it's, it continuously evolved. You got vans along the way. You've really, I mean, it's just a, think of United Way, but in a hodgepodge kind of way, but happening in Ukraine during a war. How do you talk about it? Tell people a little bit about that history. Um, okay, yeah. So on the 24th of February, um, Russia had a full-scale invasion. There'd been a war going on for seven years before that. Um, I had actually been in Lugansk when the war started um, and uh, and was displaced to Kiev. And then again on the 24th of February, um, when the full-scale invasion happened, uh, some friends and I had uh, left Kiev uh, and we're headed west, thinking about crossing the border, trying to decide what to do. And some other friends were kind of in the same situation um, and ended up finding uh, a hotel to spend the night in. Most of us had been on the road for 24-plus hours um, trying to get uh, out. Um, and, uh, and so we spent the night in the hotel that I'm in right now. Um, and the next morning we woke up and had lots of other friends who had been messaging us, asking for help, asking what road to take, if we knew, uh, where they could stay, where they could get gas. Um, and we were like, wow, how can we help? Uh, and so we said, can we pay for the hotel for a week? Like just for these people who are trying to figure out what to do next. And and we did. And a week turned into a month and a month turned into two and two turned into three. And, um, and then that same time period, you mentioned our vans. Um, we woke up one morning and said, we can't just be here and help the people who are coming here. There are tons of people who are still in harm's way who need help. Like, how can we help them? Um, and so we started uh, looking for vehicles so that we could take food products, things that you couldn't get in a lot of places in Ukraine as they were occupied by Russian troops, um, and help get food into uh, areas that were occupied at the time or recently liberated. Um, and then in doing that, we also were talking with our friends who had gone to fight um, and found out that they didn't have the things they needed. Uh, Ukraine's army went from being, I don't know, a very small amount of people to a very large amount of people almost overnight. And, um, and the government just couldn't keep up with the needs uh, of an army that increased um, hugely in the time. And um, and so we had a friend who came and she was in our warehouse and she said we had gloves. She saw we had gloves and she said uh, she starts crying and she says my husband's fighting and he's digging trenches with socks on his hands. Um, and so, yeah, so we've continued uh, since that time to help support uh, our defenders and um, and people in the people who are here with us and people in places um, that can't leave or for whatever reason are still it's there. A, it's been an interesting transition because I've, I've been able to watch it carefully through your, your personal site and then the, the UA Ant site that you guys uh, put together. Um, to tell people why you call yourselves ants real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, so we mentioned in the beginning um, just that on the 24th, we everyone was going uh, different directions. And if you've ever watched an anthill, um, if an anthill get, 
kicked, the ants immediately scatter to start rebuilding. Um, and we just felt like the whole country had come together um, in this really incredible way to help both defend and rebuild all at the same time. And it reminded us of ants and we liked it and stuck with it. So we actually um, recently in Ukraine opened an official uh, humanitarian organization uh, that is UA Ants. Mm. Oh, wow. And That's so cool. <laughs> and, the, you know, of course, you've got a wide range of incredible people involved. Uh, you've got software developers and, you know, entrepreneurs. And imagine any community, if you were just to shuffle the deck of a community and suddenly all these people come together, the skill sets that you have at your disposal that can help toward that humanitarian effort are incredible. I mean, I just, just a case in point, even the logo you guys develop for that is so unique and creative and it gets your attention <clears throat> and that's what you wanted to you wanted to get people's attention so you want them to have an organization they can safely give to and know that the money is going to be used in a way that is truly humanitarian in the, in the way that you guys are using it you know what's interesting too if you think about the transition you went through initially a lot of the men sent their wives and families to Croatia and Poland and other other places like that but as as we began to understand the war was uh, that the Ukraine was actually doing a quite a good job of defending itself then certain areas became safe to come back into so while you had this massive ref, you know outflux of refugees that you had to help facilitate out of the country suddenly you were in a situation where you had this massive influx beginning to occur again and you know, with with you know, with something like the current events with these kamikaze drones, does it cause people to want to leave again, or what's what what's happening? Um, yes and no. Um, we actually well. With the kamikaze drones, I would say I haven't had a lot of experience of people wanting to leave again. Um, actually, interesting, we joke about uh, our president uh, mentioned uh, on the 24th of February, he told us, um, like, nobody panic, don't create traffic jams on the roads. Um, and when the first uh, big attack from the kamikaze drone <laughs> that uh, on October 10th happened, um, he said, uh, guys, don't try and shoot them down yourselves. We have a military who will do that. And he just understood the will of the Ukrainian people to be a part of protecting and defending um, their home. Yeah, there was that. I saw just yesterday on the news, I saw um, it might have been a policeman or someone aiming a handgun in the air, shooting at, a, at one of the drones, you know, trying to, and obviously the chances of hitting it aren't good. And then now the bullets are in the air and they've got to come down somewhere and it's not a very safe situation. It's not safe anyway. You shake a stick out of it. Any, I mean, it's just not a good situation. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to talk with our friend Laurie Jackson from Ukraine and, uh, and get a sense of what the daily, daily life is in Ukraine these days. We'll see you after this break. Watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. If you missed my prior conversations with Laurie Jackson, an independent missionary from Ukraine who's been in Ukraine since 2005, and um, you know she's uh, uh, um, she uses faith. She's a Christian. She uses faith to guide so much of what she's involved in. And if you think about our prior conversations, and and I, again, if you missed it, I want to I want to center on one thing, and that is that when she and I talked before, we talked about. I talked about resiliency after Hurricane Katrina and what we learned about what is in the heart and soul of South Mississippians and what it really means to be resilient and back back, you know, bounce back and love our neighbors. It, politics and everything else doesn't matter anymore. Where you stand, you know, in the in the sort of uh, you know financial stage of your life, it doesn't matter anymore. It's an equal a war is an equal opportunity to destroy, just as Hurricane Katrina was. And but what you learn about us is the thing that attracts people to us. In my conversations with Laurie, I got the sense as she talked about the people of Ukraine that they're just like coastal Mississippians. They love their community. They 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 have a strong faith in God. At least most of them do. They they love their country. They would they, they would they would fight for their country. And obviously we're seeing that now, but 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 Laurie at the time that you and I spoke the first time, we went in great detail about the culture of that place and what drew you there. You're from Florida, but what drew you there? Um, we didn't know at the time that Ukraine would do so well, that, that, it, that the story that would be told about Ukraine is not only that the rest of the world is coming to begin to help you in ways that are very important, but that the war is going to be fought by Ukrainians that will not take failure for an option, and they will pay a heavy price for that. But you didn't know how it was going to turn out. We still don't know how it's going to turn out, but we're further along in the in the situation. And the story about the war is the spirit of Ukrainians. That's that's resonating around the world. And you understood that that was going to be the story from day one, didn't you? Absolutely. We all knew it. So tell, tell listeners about that. What is that that's so compelling um ukrainians are connected um in deep roots and just love for for family for community um for even i don't know like bringing people into their community um part of what makes my staying like so important to me is because I'm so accepted and included um, in my circles here. And um, and so I know that that Ukrainians are going to defend me. And so, of course, I want to defend them. Um, and, and just this, yeah, like connectedness of um, and the importance of being who you are um, and, and wanting to fight for that, that independence, that freedom of knowing who you are um, as a community. And I think yeah. it's very like Christian in nature. Um, like we are created to take care of one another, and and Ukrainians get that in a way that I think a lot of people maybe don't. Well, coastal Mississippians get it. I can assure you yeah. that. <clears throat> it, it drives me crazy when the war is politicized, but we we won't get into that in in the show today. But I will say it does give me comfort to know that. More people are beginning to understand that 
we're not just protecting Ukraine. That's this this war is so much bigger than that. Do you, do you do you find yourself at times having to explain to people why this is even bigger than Ukraine? I mean, you're on the ground and you're seeing it play out every single day, but the ramifications, the global ramifications of this war are so significant. Do you do you ha- ever have to explain to people why yes, that's important? <laughs> Okay, so sorry, you know, she's calling me, telling me I missed dinner, but she just oh, didn't. That's okay. Oh, God bless you, God bless you. So yeah, to go ahead now. What, do you find yourself in a position where you're having to explain sort of the the, the more holistic aspects of this war? Um, I do get a lot of questions, um, and um, I don't know. To me, it's so clear. Like, and maybe that's because I'm here. Um, but it's, I don't know, like in the beginning, like for everyone, it kind of felt black and white. And now I feel like you're saying like it's become more politicized and that people um, are asking more questions about like, why does it matter? And especially as prices increase, as your life is beginning to be infect- affected by the sacrifice um, that America or other countries are making, um, especially Europe, um, are making to help us keep fighting. Um and so we're super grateful for the help, but we also like hope that the world will see and understand um, that if freedom in Ukraine, if Ukraine loses its freedom, um, the rest of the world is next. And and Ukraine's ready to fight for it for for all of you. Um, but we can only do what we can do with what we have. And that's that's the part that's so clear to you, and it should be clear to everyone. And people, you know, the average person, unfortunately, doesn't really understand the geopolitical issues that exist around. They just don't. I mean, they they probably are more aware of those things today because because I don't care who you are. You you try to get your head around how can someone like Putin cause so much misery and for what reason is he causing that misery and and the and and the the misery goes way beyond ukraine i mean it's not just inflation it's it's the ability to be able to get you know grain out of out of ukraine to to third world or or countries where you know famine is already an issue and now that you know you've got you've got you know that reverberating impact and you know the cost of petroleum which we talk about here in coastal mississippi or excuse me, in America often, but it's just, you know, you think about the importance of NATO, and, and I think people are getting this dramatic education about what NATO is and why NATO is important and how Ukraine's caught in between on all this, and I mean, this, the list really is very complicated, but at the end of the day, I think the way you boiled it down to freedom-loving countries banding together and recognizing that mm-hmm. if we let this get beyond Ukraine, if this stands in Ukraine, then what is next? And if it, if if what is next is a NATO country, holy mackerel! It's you know we're we're into serious ramifications under those scenarios. Are you still there, Laurie? I'm here. Can you? Hear yeah, me? you you froze there for a second, but but all those things things sound very familiar to you, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So with the announcement I, I heard this morning where NATO is going to be sending you know, a tremendous number of anti-drone uh, capabilities, yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's great to see. Um, I, I still say, again, this is not a political statement. It's just a reality. I, just, I see the kamikaze drones from Iran being more a terrorist act. 
and 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 seemingly desperation on the on the part of Putin. I don't know what the end game is there, other than the fact that he's trying to hit the average person in Ukraine with with the fact that you know, maybe you won't have power or whatever going into some cold months. And I'm, I'm sure that that concerns everyone. We're very concerned um, about the winter, especially, like you said, with the new kamikaze drones and hitting electric stations and things like this. Um, winters are hard in Ukraine, and they're always hard for um, uh, for people from hard places. Um, and this year, all of us are kind of in hard places. And... Um, and so we have several projects we're working on um, to kind of help prepare for that. Um, we're trying to install wood-burning stoves in homes that already don't have um, gas or electricity that they're able to use, um, collecting sleeping bags. Um, we're putting together home first aid kits uh, that just have basic medicine that you would have in your homes um, in it that families don't necessarily have. Um, different things like this that just we know that it's going to be hard for everyone everywhere and we want to be uh, investing in that now um, as much as we can and just pray that um, that it won't be what we're expecting because we can't we can't help what we're expecting um, but but again we can help the one or the ten or the thousand that God puts in front of us and you we know will. I do in terms of resiliency I do compare it to uh, what we experienced here after Hurricane Katrina, because the reality is that while it was, you know, Katrina came, Katrina got, went, and then we were in a recovery period. But think about what it was like to not have, you know, electricity. Think about what it was like, for example, not to have the drugs you needed because you mm -hmm. couldn't have access to those drugs. But imagine that Katrina were to come and never, it just kept it stayed here and it would hit over there and it would hit over there and it just continued to to create turmoil for our country. That's what Laurie and the people of Ukraine are dealing with. And think too about how nonprofits and volunteers and all church groups and all these people came together after Hurricane Katrina. The exact same thing happen, is happening in Ukraine today. And it's happening while the bombs keep flying into the into the uh, the country. And what what you came to know about yourself and the people who are around you and so many other Ukrainians that are defining the spirit of Ukraine is that when you set out to leave through Western Ukraine and landed at the, ho at the hotel where you are today, you, you actually discovered that leaving wasn't an option, that, didn't you? We're here. <laughs> You're here for the duration. Listen, we're out of time, but, but Laurie, it has been a pleasure to touch base with you again. God bless you. You're an inspiration. All those people who surround you are an inspiration. All the Ukrainian people are an inspiration, and uh, I'll do everything in my power to try to bring awareness in my small part of the world to what you're having to deal with. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. I truly appreciate you having us. You bet. We'll see you after this break. Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.